Welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast, a series of healthy conversations with inspiring hustlers. I'm your host, Madeline Carafa. After such rave reviews from her first interview on the Healthy Hustlers podcast, I'm so excited to welcome back the beautiful Leanne Ward, aka the fitness dietitian, for a healthy conversation to inspire you guys to stay motivated and healthy during the winter months. With a burning passion for living a balanced, healthy and active life, Leanne's approach to health is uncomplicated and refreshingly simple. Leanne provides her community of over 290,000 people with easy yet healthy and delicious recipes and easy to digest knowledge and research. A fellow podcaster and new to the world of TikTok, Leanne's content is full of useful information with the aim of always inspiring her audience to live healthier and happier lives. This episode of The Healthy Hustlers is proudly brought to you by New Life, life-changing coconut products that provide the perfect healthy alternative for those with allergies or who, like me, want to add more plant-based ingredients into their cooking. Hello, Leanne, and welcome back to the Healthy Hustlers podcast. How are you? I'm so well. Thank you so much for having me back on. It's so exciting. Oh, I'm super excited to have you back on. Your last episode did so well. I got so much positive feedback, so I just had to get you back on the show because you were so full of wisdom. And yeah, I'd love to just check in and see how you're going at the moment because there is a lot happening in this crazy world. There is. (laughs) So how are you going at the moment? Yeah, good. As I was mentioning, it's like so cold here in Brisbane and I feel like people in Melbourne would be rolling their eyes at me right now, but it is cold today. So I've got my Ugg boots on. I'm all rugged up inside. I've done my workout for this morning, but no, I'm feeling good. It's Friday. I'm feeling good. Oh, that's so good. It is a Friday. Always good vibe on a Friday. So I'd love to start by finding out one self-care practice that you've really been incorporating lately. I would love to tell you that it's yoga. I've always dreamed of being one of these like flexible yoga goddesses, but it's not true and I would be lying to you. So (laughs) the one self-care practice I have been focusing on for me is sleep. Like it is so incredibly important to every aspect of our lives and it's so overlooked. Like as entrepreneurs, we wear this like lack of sleep, like a badge, like I hustle 24 seven, I'm up at 5am and I go to down till like 2am and like A couple of years ago, that was me. And I'm like, yeah, I don't sleep. I don't need to sleep. I'm hustling 24 seven. But these days I'm like, I really need sleep. And so during all of this COVID and lockdown and that sort of thing, the one thing that's really got me through is focusing on my sleep and consistently nailing at least seven hours, if not eight a night. That way I start each day feeling incredible rather than like waking up each morning and kind of just like having to drag myself out of bed and waking up feeling exhausted. So for me, my big self-care thing during this time has just been focusing on a regular and a great sleep routine. Yeah, I love that so much. And I think exactly what you said, sleep is something that we just don't value enough. And I think as a society, we are just so proud of being so busy. And I think a lot of people are realizing right now how powerful sleep can be and rest and how great we can feel, even just from a mindset perspective. You know, there's so much positivity that comes with getting enough sleep. So sleep is something I've always held in very high regard. 
and I'm managing to get a bit of it at the moment with Georgia, which is great. <laughs> so I can Very totally resonate with you. I was going to say for all the new mums listening, I am sorry, but <laughs> it I is know. something I'm like, when I have kids in a few years time, I want to like get in all the sleep that I can now <laughs> to make up for it later on. <laughs> Absolutely. But I think you just, as a mum, you know, you find other ways of making it work. I know one of the girls in my mother's group was saying how she has the afternoon nap with her son. So every day he goes down at two o'clock and so does she. And she's like, it's so beautiful. Like we get to lay in bed together and have a good two hour nap. And she's like, and we both feel so good. And it, it makes the tired or, you know, the long nights seem okay. Cause you know, you've got that little pocket of sleep to enjoy with your son or your daughter in the morning, uh, in the afternoon. So I actually loved that when she said that, I'm like, oh, I love that you're prioritizing that because I think sometimes we think that we can't do that or we're failing Mm -hmm. if we're sleeping during the day or resting but I think there's so much power in in giving yourself permission to do that so 100% yeah take the opportunities where they arise absolutely so (laughs) I guess you know it is pretty crazy times that we're living through at the moment there's a lot of anxiety uncertainty all of that sort of stuff what advice would you give to, I guess, someone who is really trying to adapt at the moment or struggling to adapt to what's happening? Probably my biggest advice would be stop aiming for perfection. My mantra in life is 10% better. And I think we probably talked about this a little bit on our last yeah, podcast. Yeah, that. But it has served me so well over the ten, nearly 10 years of my career now. And it's just like I have that type A perfectionist sort of personality type. And particularly during these times, everything's so uncertain. There's so many things outside of our control. And it's like, let's just stop aiming for perfection and start aiming for progress, even if that just means 10%. So whether you're at home and you're struggling with the lack of routine because you're now working from home or whether you're struggling with constant snacking and social isolation or whether you just haven't seen your friends in a couple of months and you live by yourself, whatever it is, just aim for that little bit of like 10% better. So instead of going and having a coffee with all your girlfriends on the weekend, if you're not able to do that, just aim for like one five minute FaceTime phone call with a friend and that's 10% better. Or if you can't go out and do a huge workout because the gyms are closed, Aim for 10 minutes of like air squats or burpees in your apartment and that's 10% better. And that is just that little bit of progress that we aim for each day rather than thinking, oh, I can't do all of the world's upside down or I'm working from home and everything's too hard. I just won't do it. Rather aim for that tiny little bit of progress because humans struggle with change. It's the way we've always been. And a lot of people are feeling so overwhelmed because so many new things have happened all at once. You know, everything's shut down. You're homeschooling your kids, you're working from home, you're snacking constantly and everything feels really hard at the moment and it absolutely is so I think really just be kind to yourself and instead of trying to adapt to everything and you know be a boss at everything just aim for those little bits of 10% better throughout the day so just pick one thing that seems really hard and really overwhelming and aim for 10% better and some days the best thing about 10% is that you'll give 10% and other days you'll smash it out of the park and you'll give like 100% it'll be absolutely nailed it but every day we get to celebrate that little bit of progress. I can definitely resonate to that at the start of like feeling really overwhelmed that like my Pilates got shut down and it was all like, oh, but I was in a good routine and, you know, my body was feeling good after having a baby. I got in that real kind of like victim of poor me, poor me. When realistically there were so many amazing people putting quick and easy workouts up for free online and all it was was prioritising that little 10 or 20 minutes a day for me where I could do a quick workout in the lounge room and the endorphins get going and you feel amazing and all of a sudden you're like oh 
that was actually so much fun. Like I feel like I've connected to the person on the screen. I've had fun. I've raised vibes. Um, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, actually going to a class seems like a lot of effort now because <laughs> I'm never so going back. <laughs> just seriously. So exactly. I, re- I really love that. And I think too, you know, at the moment, a lot of people really are struggling with feeling like they need to use this time wisely or they need to use this time to better themselves. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think that it's a realistic approach because there is so many emotions that are kind of surrounding it and every day feels so different and you wake up with a different emotion or a different feeling. So I love that 10% and I think if everyone can focus on just doing that 10% better, all of a sudden you just feel like you are achieving something and you are getting better every day rather than feeling like you're a bit of a failure or you haven't, you know, succeeded. So, yeah, I think that's really beautiful advice. So It just makes us focus um, on the positives rather than the negatives every day, which is so nice as well. Rather than constantly beating yourself up and thinking that you failed, you're like, you know what, I didn't do that bad or today was better than yesterday or I did a little bit today and that's good enough. Like it's just flipping those thoughts from negative to positive, which is so empowering and so, so important as well. Definitely. And I think even just being able to reflect back on your day at the end of the, you know, when you're going to bed to reflect back and think, oh, well that, you know, I got a, I got a walk in around the block or I had a FaceTime with a friend. I did a 20 minute workout, like being able to look back and know that you actually did a few things within your day makes you feel so much better as well. And it almost, you know, you go to bed in that, on that positive note, which then hopefully makes you wake up a little bit more positive the next day. So it's a bit of a flow on effect. Exactly. So I guess you did touch on Brisbane being cold, which I must admit I had a good giggle at because <laughs> I think before we started recording, you said it's like 16 there today. And I was like, oh my goodness. So we're up to like month two of 16 degree days. That's like almost, that's almost a warm day for us now. We're like, oh, it's 16. We better get out early and go for a walk. So I love it. But I would love to know, I guess, from your perspective, like what are some of your favorite foods that we can be eating in abundance during winter to really support that healthy immune system? So I think what a lot of people don't realize, and one of my specialty areas is around gut health, but gut health and immunity are so closely linked. So I cannot think about immunity without actually thinking about gut health. So some of the foods I love to eat are not only just in winter, but they're actually all year round. And they're actually really closely linked to supporting our gut health because that in turn supports our immunity. Our first one has to be garlic. So garlic is a natural prebiotic and it helps to feed the friendly bacteria in our gut. And garlic actually promotes the growth of beneficial bifidobacteria in the gut. And I use garlic in everything. I have it in my pantry for winter, for summer, for everything. And the benefit of us working from home and being in ISO at the moment is that you don't have to worry about your garlic breath. You're just (laughs) whacking it absolutely everything at the moment. You're going to support your gut bacteria and you're going to support your immunity in turn as well. So garlic's my first one. My second one would have to be beans and legumes. They are absolutely cheap as chips and you don't have to go and purchase them organic and soak them and blah, blah, blah. Like I am like such a busy person that I'm like, here's a 99 cent home brand can of beans that, you know, on the shelf at Coles or Woolworths that I will just grab. The canned beans and legumes are just as good as, you know, making them yourself from the the dried ones and that sort of thing as well. So beans and lentils, yeah, again, awesome. packed full of fiber um, and they're helping to feed our good gut bugs and in turn helping to improve our immunity. And then my third one is the humble bowl of rolled oats. So creamy oats are one of my favorite things about winter. And I love rolled oats because again, cheapest chips, like you can get a whole bag of rolled oats for like 
it's like a dollar ten or something. You know, that one of the first things to go out of the supermarkets when, I, when totally. all the ice and all the panic buying started. I was like, oh my God, no rolled oats. I remember having to buy like the organic bag for like six dollars or something. I was like, no. But rolled oats are one of my favorite foods because they actually naturally contain beta glucan in them, which is a form of soluble fiber. And it's actually really strongly linked. There's research and evidence to support that it improves our cholesterol levels and it helps to boost our heart health. And also that soluble fiber helps with our gut health as well. So garlic, beans and legumes and oats, like all super, super cheap gut friendly ingredients. Like you don't need to go and spend a ton of money on supplements and vitamins and pills. Like you should have these things in your fridge or in your pantry all year round. They're literally so accessible, which is, that's what I love as well. Um, Mm -hmm. It's funny that you say about the rolled oats though, because my nan, so she's 90, she'll be 96 this year. And she is like, she's like a boss of a nan. Like she's so amazing, like crystal clear mind. She's still lives in a three bedroom house by herself. Like incredible listens to my podcast. So she'll be listening to this episode. I promise you. Um, She's the best. (laughs) She's the best. Um, But she has rolled oats every morning with her full cream milk and has done for her whole life with her fresh glass of water with, um, sorry, warm water with lemon juice. And obviously she's thriving. So I try to take a lot from her diet because I'm like, well, you're obviously doing something right. And so when Georgia, my daughter went on to solids, I kind of overcomplicated breakfast for some silly reason. Like I got really overwhelmed. I think just that first meal of the day, I was like trying to always find like the most nutritious or the best thing. And I read this book and it said like, we as humans basically have, you know, as adults, we have the same breakfast every single day. So why can't a baby? And I was like, damn right. That is so true. Like, why am I trying to overcomplicate this? And I thought about it and I'm like, well, Nan has oats every day and she's doing all right. So I give Georgia rolled oats every morning now as well. So I'm glad that you clarified that I'm definitely doing the right thing there. Yeah, it's totally fine. But even in terms of gut health as well, one of the number one things that's so important for your gut health is some diversity. So even if you just want to have rolled oats for breakfast every morning because A, it's cheap, B, it's nourishing, and C, they taste good, you can do it in many different ways. You could do a hot bowl of porridge. You could do some soaked overnight oats. You can blend some oats into a smoothie. Or even if the ingredients that you're putting into the oats are a bit different, like you might do oats with peanut butter and strawberries one day, then oats with almond butter and blueberries the next day, then oats with a little bit of cacao powder in them and some um, coconut chips the next day. So even keeping the base the same, but having diversity within the ingredients and the things that you mix in is incredibly important for gut health as well. So just make sure you're not doing the exact same recipe every single day. Every single diversity day. is key for gut health. Yeah, I love that. And that is something that you've spoken a bit about. I know at our live events um, and on the podcast, we spoke about that. But I sometimes think that, and I'm so guilty of it, you do get really caught in like making the same things. And I often say to my husband, oh my God, you poor thing. Like I get a recipe and I just flog it for so long that you've actually really encouraged me and I think back to it a lot of like diversity diversity and you talking about Mm -hmm. that and it actually makes you more aware of just having that for you know like that I'm constantly reminding myself and of what you say it's actually made me so much more aware to yeah just try new foods and to have a bit more fun with them instead of just sticking to the things that I always know so Mm -hmm. yeah thank you for that That's okay. And I guess for our listeners at home as well, it's so important because every different type of fruit, veggie, grain, nut seed, et cetera, has a different type of vitamin in it, nutrient in it, 
fiber profile, that sort of thing. Like no, no vegetable is the same. No fruit is the same. So I know that we have our favorites, but it's also important to reach out and try a bunch of different other things as well, because that diversity is key. And all of those different nutrients help to feed and produce different types of bacteria in our gut as well. So a, a good thriving gut is one that has the most diversity within our diet. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's so good to know. Cocoa is one of my favorite ones as well, because um, like who doesn't love just like a warm cup of cocoa or like a hot chocolate during winter and cocoa, um, like the pure type of cocoa is an excellent source of flavonoids, which has actually been shown to increase a healthy gut bacteria, um, low cholesterol levels and improve our heart health as well. So I'm not talking like a hot cup of Milo. I'm talking like just make a natural cup of hot cocoa yourself at home. So you might just get some natural cocoa, some hot, some hot water, whatever type of milk that you like, and maybe just add a little bit of sweetener to that, whether it just be a little bit of like normal sugar or a little bit of honey or that sort of thing as well. Or you could just have it without any sweetener if you like as well. So a hot cup of cocoa for me is one of the number one things I love in winter. And then lastly, I don't think we can talk about the winter months without talking about zinc and vitamin C, which I'm sure a lot of people all all over. But in terms of for our listeners at home who may not have thought about it, vitamin C is um, obviously one of our antioxidants and rich in beta carotene, which are found in our things like our citrus fruits, like oranges and lemons, um, our cabbage, broccoli, pumpkin, sweet potato, even spinach. And vitamin C being an antioxidant has been shown to help boost our immunity and fight up some infections as well. And then also zinc, which we know is really important for wound healing as well and also infections. Zinc is found in a lot of our animal-based products, fish, oysters, um, you know, chicken, eggs, milk, but also in some of our unprocessed grains and some cereals as well can be like fortified with extra zinc. So they're two really important nutrients as well. I probably shouldn't move on to the next question. I'll probably get roasted by some people being like, why didn't the dietitian talk about zinc and vitamin C? So <laughs> yes, oats, beans, lentils, garlic are important, but also our vitamin C and our zinc. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. From more of a holistic health perspective, when it comes Mm. to actually like surviving the cooler months, what would be some of your top tips? Oh, my first one is a good pair of Ugg boots. Like you've got to invest. (laughs) You've got to spend that money and get some, you know, good Australian Ugg boots. (laughs) And some love that you're saying that from Brisbane. I'm telling you, Maddie, if you're up here right now, it's the wind. It's the wind chill. I swear. I'd probably be in a summer dress and like little sneakers. <laughs> Stop. I'm joking. The, really, you know, like you know, in Melbourne, cold. when like the the wind whips through everything, it's that like it's that type of day to day, which never happens in Brisbane, where it's just like that wind chills you to your bone. You're like, oh, no matter how many layers you're wearing, that's what it feels like. So I'm going to start with my uggies, and Love I'm also it. going to mention that if you are somewhere in the world that is really cold, aka not Brisbane, um, it's important to layer up with your workout clothing because a lot of us will use, oh, it's too cold, it's wet, it's rainy, it's dark, it's freezing outside as like a bit of an excuse. But when you layer up properly, working out, particularly outside, becomes a lot easier. A lot of us, and myself included, are like we're in a townhouse, which isn't huge. We don't have a big backyard. So we've been going down to our local park to work out most days. And just even this morning was freezing. So I put on a crop top, a singlet, this like long sleeve little t-shirt and then my like puffer jacket over the top. And as I finished my work at like my warm up, I was like, oh, it's a bit hot, took off one layer. I did a couple of burpees and some like squats and that sort of thing, took off another layer and then ended up with just like my singlet on by the end of the workout. Then as I cooled <laughs> down, I added my layers back on again. So I think layering up with your workout clothing is really important as well. So you don't have that excuse where it's like, oh, it's it's too cold or, you know, that sort of thing. So 
I think good Ugg boots, layering up, um, having some nourishing meals in your freezer as well, particularly for those nights that you just don't want to cook and you're like, oh, I'd rather order some takeout. A lot of us in winter tend to like more of those like warming comfort type meals, which is absolutely okay. But remembering to balance your meals out properly. So if you're just going to go through winter and eat a whole ton of like spaghetti and lasagna and all those like somewhat calorie dense meals, you're going to come out of winter on the other side carrying a couple of extra kilos. So if your goal is to sort of be healthy and maintain a healthy weight during winter, make sure you're balancing out your plate. So what this means is that we aim for If you think of a dinner plate, half of the dinner plate to be covered with um, salads or vegetables. Um, And we like to have, again, a mix and a diversity of that because some of our raw types of salads and some of our cooked vegetables all have different types of nutrients and vitamins. And the absorption um, is very different for some of those veggies say if they're raw or if they're cooked as well. So trying to have a good mix of one meal a day has fresh salads and the other meal has like warm vegetables. So half your plate with veggies or salad a quarter of the plate with some lean protein and the other quarter of your plate with some carbohydrates. So if you were to think of like a spaghetti bolognese, for example, that's mostly just like meat and pasta. So that could cover half your plate and then putting another half of the plate with either some hot veggies or some salad. And a lot of people say to me, oh, you know, I add veggies into my spaghetti, but they don't add enough. So it's actually covering half of that plate with those veggies. If you put some veggies in that spaghetti, great, but add a few more onto the side of your plate. And this automatically reduces the portions of those carbohydrates and some of that protein as well. And then my last tip for surviving the cooler months would be to have some delicious, healthier types of drinks on hand as well and some warming ones. So I love things like green tea, ginger tea, peppermint tea, uh, matcha lattes. I love making them in like soy milk or coconut milk, homemade chai lattes, and of course, coffee. I have multiple cups of coffee a day as well, if you're into (laughs) that sort of thing. So just having some like warmer drinks that aren't packed full of, um, you know, sugar and that sort of thing as well is really important. And I love different types of herbal teas. If you looked at my herbal tea cupboard, you would be appalled. My partner's like ban me from buying any more. There's like 32 varieties <laughs> in my herbal tea cupboard. It's like, you are not going to tea too again until you drink some of those teas. So I think it's really oh important goodness, to I stock up it. on some of those hot drinks, <laughs> but don't Definitely. get too crazy like me. <laughs> oh my goodness. But I can totally, the matcha and coconut milk seriously is my favorite drink so of good. all time. It's like, mm-hmm. do you know the only disappointing thing with it is that a lot of cafes in Melbourne don't sell coconut milk. And it makes me so upset because I'm like, coconut and matcha is literally a match made in heaven. It's like the oh, best combination. So good. I actually have the blend from Nutra Organics, which is a, a great little company based on the Gold Coast. And they actually have the matcha powder and coconut milk powder in their blend. So all you do is add hot water to it. And it's Are like already serious? like a nice creamy drink. Yeah, it's beautiful. Oh my goodness. I need to get that because <laughs> I use I use a lot of their products actually. They're really good. Um, I use the veggie stock in one of my salmon dishes that I did um, a little recipe for the other day. And yeah, I love their stuff, but I haven't seen that. They mustn't have it at my health food store, but I'll have to have a look out for it. Yeah. You can also get it online as well. Yeah. I just do my orders online with them. Yeah. Awesome. And they are Gold Coast based, which is so nice to know that they're all being made here and local. So that's awesome. Yeah. So I guess at the moment, you know, as we were saying at the start, a lot of people are working at home. There's a lot of change um, happening to our little worlds. You've worked at home for quite a while now and are obviously very successful at it because your business is completely booming. So I'd love to know kind of what some of your favorite like working at home rituals are to help keep you really motivated and productive because I think personally that was something for me that I really struggled with when I first worked at home. I think at the start it's like quite exciting and it's new and you're like oh up early and working away but you know obviously that dies off and you start to miss the connection with like work colleagues 
topics or people and the energy of other people. So I'd love to kind of know some of your rituals or or tips for really making sure you stay motivated and productive throughout the day. I think my first one for me, it was really big when I transitioned out of working as a clinical dietitian at the hospital to working from home was to keep to the same eating um, routine. So I used to start work at the hospital at 7.30 and I'd be done by 4.30. So I used to leave at about seven and come back home by sort of like five o'clock. So for me, I tried to stick to the same eating and work sort of schedule. So if somebody was like, oh, do you want to do a podcast at like 6am? I'd be like, hey, can we push that board a little bit to like 7.30? And then same deal with my meals as well. Like I used to eat breakfast about 6.30 before I left for work for the hospital. And so now I tend to sort of have the same similar eating routines. And then we'd all have, I'd buy my coffee from the cafe at sort of 10 o'clock and we'd all go to lunch together as a dietitians at 1 PM. So I still, to this day, will eat my lunch between like 1230 and 1.30. I still have my morning tea, sort of snack, a coffee and like a piece of fruit or something around 10 o'clock. So when I first started working from home, I'd like start my day, I'd do a couple of things and I'd find myself wandering in and out of the kitchen. I'd look at the clock and I'm like, it's eight o'clock. Like it's eight o'clock. I can't eat my morning tea snack at eight o'clock because what am I going to do? I have to wait till 1 p.m. till lunch. So I just remind myself, I'm like, you're not really hungry. You're just bored. Go and get some work done. Go be productive. And so really like sticking to those set eating routines that I used to have, not being super inflexible being like, you can't eat till 1 p.m., but just knowing that, you know, within sort of that hour, that really helped to keep me on track. And knowing if I was wandering in and out of the kitchen, like half an hour after I'd already had a snack, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm not hungry. I wouldn't be eating again at work. It's obviously got something to do with like boredom eating or something like that. So similar work and eating routines worked really well for me. And I've had a lot of my clients that have said to me, like, I'm really struggling eating from home. And I'm like, well, let's look at your sleep routine. When did you used to go to sleep when you weren't in ISO? They're like, oh, at nine o'clock. When do you go to sleep now? Oh, 11.30. I'm like, okay, well, you know, so that even just, it starts with your sleep routine. So getting back to a similar sort of routine that you used to have, when, when did you used to go to bed before you get up for work? When did you used to wake up to get up from work? When did you used to have breakfast? Like sticking to that similar routine helps you transition a little bit easier. And when things start to open back up again and the restrictions start to lift and we start to go back into work, it's not hard to pull yourself back from like, 11.30, then go to bed at nine o'clock. Like you can slowly sort of ease your way back into that. So I find eating and um, work routines to be super helpful in transitioning between the two, like from home to work. And then secondly, in terms of focus and productivity, I use two apps. So the first one's called Brainwave and you have to put your headphones in because it something to do. It's too sciencey for me, but it's like the alpha and the beta, the brain different waves. And they mimic your own brain waves and they help you with things like creativity, alertness. And so I love to do that. You set the timer, you pick like, it's like creativity and focus or like morning coffee. It's an awesome app. And you put your headphones in and you can just get lost in like the little brain waves that are going on. It's so good for just like clarity and focus. Oh my goodness. I've actually heard that, but I've never tried it. It's great. There's 34 different ones. You can use it before bed. You can use it um, in the morning for like a meditation type thing. I love it. It's been so good for productivity and focus. And my second one, which I love, is called Forest. So it actually, it plants a tree in your forest every like, I think it's like 20 or 30 minutes that you stay off your phone. So even I'll pick up my phone for random things because I'm like, oh, I need to do a calculation or something. Like I'm calculating a client's requirement. So I pick it up and I go into the calculate app and then I'll do the calculation. Then I'll be like, oh, just check Facebook really quickly. Let me go on TikTok quickly. And it's like 45 minutes later. And I'm like, oh crap, what am I doing? So this forest app, the minute you pick up your phone and unlock it, 
your trees in your forest die. So you essentially kill your forest. So for me, like I'm so competitive and I, I love doing anything I can to support the environment. And even though it's only an app, I'm like, no, I'm not killing my forest. So I will go and like manually find a calculator in my house. Or if I, I'm using something on my app, like my camera, I'm like, no, I'll take that photo later. I have to grow as many trees as possible. So it's a great app. Both of these apps, they they are paid apps. They do cost a little bit, but I, I actually think it's, they're worth every cent in terms of productivity and just keeping you off your phone because being productive to me is staying off my phone. Like I go on my phone and there's just, there's social media, there's my emails, there's messages. And it's just like, it's crazy. And I'm just trying to do a thousand things at once. And it takes me so long to do one simple task because I get so distracted by all the things on my phone. So those two apps for me are so essential. And then thirdly, if you are someone who's kind of like using those apps, so you find they don't work for you, just turning your phone on airplane mode is the biggest thing that I've found that helped me with productivity because the amount of just like message you get throughout the day. And because everyone's working from home, all my friends are on like, um, you know, like Facebook messenger, just sending like silly, like memes and gifts back and forth and that sort of thing. And I find myself like opening that up, then I'll go into Facebook, then I'll look at something in marketplace and then I'll go off onto Instagram. I'll be watching someone's stories and I'm like 45 minutes later, I'm like, what am I doing? (laughs) So just actually turning my phone on airplane mode so I don't get all those notifications, calls, messages, that sort of thing, I found has been absolutely like game changing in terms of motivation because I used to think that I was that type of person that could multitask and I do a hundred things at once. And I'm like, I'm a female, I'm the best multitasker ever. But no, what I've learned over time is that I cannot multitask. It takes me 10 times as long to do a simple task and your brain really should only be focusing on one thing at a time. So for me, in terms of like productivity and motivation, focus on one thing, turn off all your notifications, your apps, your emails, and then get a little bit competitive and download an app like Forest or something similar. That means that you actively have to stay off your phone and you get rewarded for doing that. We'll be right back after this healthy break. Guys, I'm so excited to tell you about my new favourite pantry staples. Introducing New Life, life-changing coconut products that provide the perfect healthy alternative for those with allergies or who, like me, want to add more plant-based ingredients into their cooking. If you've been following my Instagram stories, you'll know I've been loving using New Life's products in my stir fries and fuss-free dinners. New Life have almost every pantry staple you want or need from their delicious range of plant-based cocoa amino sources, which are soy, gluten, dairy and nut-free, making them the perfect solution to jazz up your cooking to the world's freshest virgin coconut oil, which is bottled within one hour of being opened in the pristine Solomon Islands. What's even more amazing though, is that New Life's range of fair trade and mostly organic coconut-based products are helping to change lives by giving 100% of profits towards empowering women to have their own sustainable businesses in the remote coastal villages in the Solomon Islands. So not only are New Life's products a delicious and healthy alternative to add to your cooking, but you really will be making a difference to people's lives when you purchase them. You can find New Life products at your local independent grocer's health food store or by purchasing them online at newlife.com.au. And as a Healthy Hustler listener, they have kindly offered you a 15% discount by using the code HUSTLERS15 at the checkout. 
All you need to do is head to newlife.com.au or simply click the link in the show notes and get your hands on some of their delicious, life-changing coconut products today. I think that is such incredible advice and I am seriously so bad. Like I reckon nearly every day I will go on my phone to say get someone's number or like you said, use a calculator or something like that. And I'll instantly just go to Instagram or my emails and I'll be scrolling yeah. and scrolling and five, 10 minutes later, I'm like, why am I even on here? And I literally have <laughs> yeah. to like put my phone down, like regather my thoughts. Why did you go onto your phone, Maddie? Like stop, yeah. think about it. What am I why supposed did to be you- doing? Exactly. And then I'm like, okay, that's just wasted another 10 minutes because I've had to rethink of why I was even getting my phone in the first place. So it's I so love bad. those yeah. tricks and especially I think, yeah, putting your phone on airplane mode. I know I often will leave my phone in my bedroom so that I actually mm-hmm. can't access it. But yeah, I think they are the biggest distractions, our phones. And we're just so accustomed to using them now without even realizing it. Like I said, half the time I'll be on Instagram and I'm like, I didn't even get my phone to go on Instagram, but I just automatically open it. It's such like, it's crazy how we're like wiring our brains. Oh, I know. And the worst thing for me is I've just started on TikTok. And so I'm really like, like 40 minutes later watching, I don't know, a 12 year old on TikTok. I'm like, what am I even doing? How did I even get here? Who even is this person? I'm like, oh "Oh, man, I need to stop. (laughs) That is the best. 12 year old. Hey, these 12 year olds are They're so young. They're so young on TikTok. I'm like, geez, this 12-year-old's really talented. Oh, stop, be productive. <laughs> so I'm just oh like, like goodness. you just stay off it. It's better. <laughs> or have dedicated times it. for social media. <laughs> yes, definitely. And I think, yeah, having those dedicated times or I think the aeroplane mode one is such a good thing, like to just fully switch mm-hmm. it off. Because that's one of the things I think I struggle with the most is the amount of forums, I guess, or platforms there is to contact you on these days. And it's been even made bigger now because of isolation and, you know, we are staying connected digitally than in person. But, you know, Mm -hmm. it's emails. Like for me, I have two different email accounts. There's Instagram. So I have two, like a personal Instagram, a work Instagram. There's Facebook, Messenger, Mm -hmm. there's the house party, there's bloody WhatsApp. Like I feel like I've got a million text messages, phone calls, FaceTime, like a million ways of people contacting you that you can actually yeah. never just keep up. And I think that's one of the things I've struggled probably with at the moment is feeling so overwhelmed to get back to everyone on all of these different devices instead of just, you know, the last few days I've just had to kind of say to myself, that's it, you've got a scheduled time or, you know, it's an hour here where you can actually just go and get back to everyone rather than feeling like mm-hmm. you have to do it right then and there. Yeah, so the aeroplane mode, I'm all about it. <laughs> So good. <laughs> so I guess as a business owner during this time, have you kind of had to learn or have you had to pivot at all? Yeah. I mean, I think for myself, I was very fortunate enough to already have an online business. So it wasn't a huge transition for myself. However, the type of content I think, and the things that I was offering had to change, like very much at the start of isolation, I was about to run my first event and I had to obviously cancel that and postpone that because it was literally the weekend that all the restrictions started and I had over 50 people attending and it just wasn't going to happen. Like it legally wasn't allowed to happen. So that was my first pivot. I was like, oh my goodness, like I'm going to, I've got all of these products all of these companies, which is incredible. I've got all these people have bought tickets. Like, what am I going to do? So that's still on a hold now, obviously, because we're still in isolation. Um, we're only allowed, I think it's like 10 people per cafe at the moment, 1.5 meters apart. So still not viable in terms of running and 
an event at the moment. So that was my first sort of pivot. And then my second one was really thinking about the type of content that I was putting out. Like normally I'd be all about like, um, you need to be super motivated on point, do this, this, and this. And really I went more down the route of like self-love and kindness and just respect for people and putting out content that wasn't just necessarily nutrition related, just content that was like, you know what, let's be grateful for what we have. Let's, let's think about one another and be kind to each other. And if you're at the supermarket and you see an old person, go up to them and, and ask if they're okay and they have everything they need. Just general content that was more around like, like kindness and and surviving rather than just thriving every day as well. So I was changing sort of the style of content. And then my other pivot was really, um, I used the time in isolation to, I guess, build my social media following. I know people are probably in two sort of separate boats. A lot of people just completely went dark off social media. It was just too overwhelming for them. But I sort of went the other route and thought, this is a great opportunity. There are so many more people online. This is my opportunity to try and positively influence so many people, including young people, about great, balanced, healthy nutrition messages and help them realize that even though there aren't XYZ products in the supermarket because everything's sold out, they can still make these healthy meals with XYZ instead. So really using that time to put across some content on my platforms and um, I guess trying to even grow some of my social media channels, like my TikTok account, for example. Um, And I also put out a free uh, recipe book in isolation as well. So I just thought that the more free content I I give during this time, the more helpful I can be during this time to people because that's what people need. Needed, especially at the beginning of isolation, was just help. And there were so many wonderful influencers and creators putting out, as you said, free workouts um, and a ton of free content. So it was really lovely to see everyone just band together during that time. And I think it was for a lot of people, you just stopped focusing on making money and booking clients and rather just focus on how can I help people, which again, for me, wasn't a huge pivot because that's how I've built my business. It's always been, how do I help people first? And then how do I pay my bill second? So for me, it wasn't a huge pivot, but it was really nice to see a lot of people um, going down that route as well, I guess. Um, And then having conversations with experts on my podcast was also like something I was already doing, but it was just so nice to be able to do that from my home, not have to go anywhere, not have to meet up with anyone, not have to get all dressed up and just be able to do those podcasts from, you know, pajamas in my house, which is awesome as well. Which is what you and me said. <laughs> yeah, it's so nice. I must say it was something that I avoided for such a long time and now I'm like, oh my goodness, this is actually so nice. And it's quite efficient as well, do you know what I mean? Because you can yeah. get quite caught up in like only getting one or two interviews done in a whole day because you're travelling X, Y and Z and all of that. Instead now it's like, oh wow, I can smash out like three or four and you're so much more productive. <laughs> But I love that you are giving so much value to your community and I think that's why you have such an engaged following and at the end of the day, giving that value is going to come back eventually because, you know, it's going to help your business continue to flourish because people trust you. They know that you're not just pushing a product or trying to sell something to them. You're actually helping to better their life. So I think that's such a beautiful thing and kindness is just always one of my favorite things. I think kindness is free. So let's just sprinkle that stuff everywhere. And I love that you touch on, you know, going up to that old person and asking if they're okay, or even, you know, as simple as letting them go in front of you in the line in the supermarket. I think I've found anyway, personally, that there's been two types of people when you're out and about in the world during this time. And it's the ones who, you know, are so happy to give that warm smile and, say, how are you going? Or, you know, help you out. Or there's the ones that literally put their head down and walk to the other side of the road and, you know, look at you like you've got a bad disease. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, I've been really focusing on 
every single person that I walk past is trying to give them a big smile and say hello and not all of them will respond and that's totally fine because we're all going through our own little emotions at the moment but I think you know if we can give kindness as much as possible at the moment it I just keep thinking that it might be the only hello or smile that some people get all day if they are living by themselves or, you know, uh, literally don't have family around them. So, yeah, really just trying to fill up people's cup with something as simple as a smile and a hello is is a pretty simple thing to do, I think. Couldn't so, agree more. Yeah. And I think it all comes back to gratitude as well, doesn't it? Like it's just appreciating and being so grateful for what you have because whatever your worst problem is, I can promise you there's somebody out there who's suffering a hundred times more than what you are. So so too often we get so caught up, oh, poor me, poor me, poor me. But it's so lovely to actually start your day. And one of the things I've been really conscious of in isolation is starting my day with three things that I'm grateful for every single day. And often they're just like the smallest things. They're like, I'm so grateful to wake up with a roof over my head. Or I'm so grateful that I have the opportunity to go online and, and be a positive influence for people. Or I'm so grateful that I even have internet to be able to do that. Because how many people around the world don't even have internet? Like we can receive so much free, valuable education because we live in such fortunate countries like Australia. So actually just be so grateful for that, not being like, oh my God, I can't believe we're still at home. Can't believe the shops and the restaurants aren't open. Like we get so caught up in just whinging and and being like, poor me, poor me. But if you take that step back and think, you know what, I'm so grateful that I have the opportunity to work out. Not, I hate that the gyms are shut. I hate that I have to go to work out in the park. I'm so grateful that I have two legs and have the ability to work out because other people, they're not that lucky. So really just reframing those negative thoughts into positive ones or more neutral ones and and being grateful for all the wonderful things that we do have is so powerful during this time. Oh, absolutely. I think choosing gratitude is probably like my number one, especially at the moment. And I think you Mm. only need to turn on the news and see what's happening in other countries. I know, you know, we're watching the ABC the other night and the Philippines have experienced like torrential rains and hurricanes in in this time, as well as going through coronavirus and seeing, you know, the families that are in these open air, like outdoor spaces, basically with just a concrete roof over them. And, you know, these crazy storms going through, plus they're not allowed to be within, you know, 1.5 metres of each other because they could get sick from coronavirus. Like they don't have access to anything. Their homes are being destroyed while they're also going through like a global pandemic, I just think, you know, I've thought about that every single time that I go to be like, oh, poor me, or this isn't working my favour today, or my house is too small, or, you know, all of these silly little first world problems, I guess, you know, just switching that channel in our mind and remembering that there are so many people that are so much worse off right now. Um, and just always coming back to that gratitude because exactly what you said, we all have something to be grateful for, even if it is waking up in a warm bed or having internet or, you know, being able to listen to a podcast like this. It's, we have so much to be grateful for just for, you know, being born into this country. Couldn't agree more. I think that's um, a really beautiful note to finish on. And I just so grateful for you coming back on the show. I, like I said before, I just love the way you think and all of your wisdom. You're a really beautiful soul. And I'm so glad that we've been able to connect. So thank you for inspiring my audience once again. Oh, thank you. Can I finish with one final, I guess, point? Of course. We've got time. Definitely. Let me first start by saying that now I just feel like such a brat for whinging about the weather in Brisbane. It's magical. I'm so fortunate to live in Brisbane. (laughs) And I'm so sorry, guys, I didn't mean it. 
No, but do you know what I mean? Like it just makes you, even just having the conversation around gratitude makes you so great. Like I'm so grateful that I have the ability to put on a jumper to battle what I consider would be cold. I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to have Ugg boots to keep my feet warm. Like whenever you have those negative thoughts, whenever you have those, oh, poor me sort of thoughts going on in your head, just flip that script and think about people in other countries where they're just not that grateful. Like we are just so fortunate, even just the country that we live in um, and to have the ability to listen to podcasts and you and me have the ability to record a podcast and share our knowledge with other people, which is so nice as well. And that brings me to my last point where If you're someone in isolation, whether or not you're in isolation, wherever you're listening or in the world, if you struggle with motivation at the moment, the biggest thing that I've learned in terms of motivation on my own journey is that you don't get motivation. You don't sit around and wait for it to come to you. Motivation comes from action. So think this, think action first, motivation second, because people think that you need to magically find this motivation every single day. You don't. It's BS. It doesn't come to you. Action builds momentum, which builds motivation. So the minute that you're struggling for motivation, the minute you're thinking, oh, I don't want to work out. I know I should eat this, but I don't want to eat this. Think about 10% better because 10% better is your first action step. And the minute you take that first step, every other step after that gets easier. You build that momentum. And from there, you build motivation. Think about a workout. The last time you didn't want to do it, it was like the hardest thing in the world. And you push yourself to start. And the minute you started, you were like, you know what? This isn't that bad. I'm actually kind of enjoying myself. And then you finish that workout and the motivation came towards the end of that workout. It, you, it wasn't there to start with. You just yeah. made yourself do it. Same you with like, you're like, you almost don't want to stop at the end. You're like, exactly. Oh, because awesome. you feel so going. good. So yeah, so many people wait to find this like magical motivation. I can promise you it's not going to come. It may some days, but the majority of the day, it won't. What creates motivation is action. It's the first step. So whatever you're struggling with doing, think about what is the first step here? If you're like, oh, I really want to cook a nourishing dinner, but Uber Eats and Macca's sounds so much better to me. Just think 10% better. What is the first step? I've got some veggies in my fridge. I'm going to take them out and I'm going to cut them up. That's my 10% better today. Even if I don't use them, even if I put them back in the fridge and I, um, you know, I go and order Macca's anyway, it's still 10% better. You did a little bit better than you would have in a previous day. But nine times out of 10, once you start that 10% better, you take that first step, you build that momentum over time. So you might get out the veggies, chop them up, and you're like, oh, I've already chopped them up. I may as well start making a healthy dinner. And then because you've made that healthy dinner, you'll eat that healthy dinner. And that's that motivation. You're now motivated to eat better and to cook a healthy meal because you started with the action, not the motivation. I think that's what so many people struggle with is trying to find this magical motivation, which will never come. It's action. Take the first step, aim for 10% better, and you'll find that motivation somewhere along the way. Oh, that is so, so powerful. I love that so much because I think too, a lot of the time with, you know, I've realized that like you say, motivation doesn't just come. We don't just wake up like, oh, well, if you do, you're a very lucky person if you just wake up completely But it won't last, so I'm warning day. you. <laughs> but I think um, I love that you say taking action. And I think one of the things with taking action and what we're saying about by the end of it, you feel so good that you've got the motivation, is I always try to bottle that feeling of how motivated and how good I feel after doing, you know, after taking that action. And then I remind myself of that feeling next time that mm-hmm. I'm battling with like, oh, I should work out, but I can't really be bothered. Or like, I'll say, you know, I'll pause and I'll say, Maddie, remember how good you felt at the end of your workout last time. And that almost, you know, that feeling or reliving that feeling gives me that little bit of motivation to take the action. And then by the end, you're like, 
that was bloody awesome. I'm so glad I did that. I feel amazing. So Yeah, and you always think it wasn't that hard. Like it's never as hard as what you think it is yes. as well. I find that too with like say my to-do list. Like there's always these things that I'll put off and off and the longer you put them off, the longer they sit there for and it's like this niggling little sound in the back of your head and then I do it and I'm like, oh, my goodness, that took me 10 minutes. Like why didn't I just do that a week and a half ago when I put it on my to-do list? So even reminding myself from a work perspective as well, like don't sabotage yourself here. Just do it because you know it's going to be quick and it's going to be easy and you're going to be grateful that you did it um, because last time you let it sit on your list for a week and a half and, you know, it festered away there and it was actually not even that painful to just get it done. So I think, you know, really reminding yourself of those feelings and how much easier and better you can feel. So yeah, that's amazing advice. Thank you so much. I know my audience just adore you. And you know, the last episode went so well, you're just full of wisdom. So thank you so much for your time again. And I can't wait till I can visit you in Brisbane. I promise I'm booking I'm booking a flight to Queensland as, as soon as flights are open again. I can't yes. wait to get up there. Hopefully it won't be 16 degrees. Oh, <laughs> it'll be so- so good. And hopefully we can go out for coffee and actually sit in a restaurant as well. It'll be very nice. (laughs) So thank you so much for your time, Leanne. Thank you, Maddie. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. For any products mentioned in today's show, please check the show notes below and hit the direct links. If you'd like to suggest a future guest, please follow at The Healthy Hustlers on Instagram and send through a direct message. Until next week, don't forget to invest in you.